0: Afternoon talk show, WMKT's Talk of the North. Something on your mind? Call our studio line at 866 371 1270 or connect on social media at Triple Talk WMKT on Facebook and X. Now, bringing you the latest news from the region, states, and around the country, here's your host, Nick Rudy.
1: Good afternoon, Northern Michigan. Welcome to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming statewide at WMKT, thetalkstation.com. Happy Tuesday. Welcome in to another show. Thank you for tuning in. Real sad day in Northern Michigan as we were without sports for another day. But surely other things are going on, mostly uh, mostly quiet. We do have some sports uh, that will be played tonight. We will get to the highlight of those games in a second. But if you do look at the sports schedule, what's going on in Michigan tonight, one is notably missing. Michigan State University is not playing until tomorrow, uh, likely due to the fact the university canceled nearly all the classes, held a day of remembrance for last year's shooting one year ago. Today, three students lost their lives. There have been events going on since 9 a.m., such as reflective spaces and counseling across campus. Events go till uh, 9.30 with the biggest events yet to come. 7.30 to 9.30 is a remembrance gathering at Lot 62 to discuss a permanent memorial planning effort. A short program will begin around 8.10 at that same lot. And then at uh, 8, the university is encouraging students across the world to join each other in lighting a luminary to participate in remembering uh, remembrance, gathering from wherever they are that evening. It could be a candle. It could be one of those little lantern things you send off into the sky. Um, so they, if you graduate from MSU, they encourage you to participate at 8. Classes resume tomorrow. Also, the flags that were lowered across the state by order of Governor Whitmer are going to be raised tomorrow as well. But we do have a lot of sports being played tonight. The Red Wings play the Oilers at 9 in Edmonton. They are 1-0 after returning from the All-Star break from the weekend. The Pistons have been having a decent West Coast trip in comparison to how their whole season's gone. And then they take on the Lakers tonight at 10-30. Lakers, a bit of a desperate team right now. They're just on the outside looking in the ninth seed, I believe. So they're going to be playing with a, with a bit of a uh, chip on their shoulder. Michigan basketball looks to rebound after a somewhat embarrassing loss to Nebraska. A tough task, though, lays in front of them as they play number 14, Illinois, on the road at 7. And then Michigan and Michigan State play once again, this time in Ann Arbor at the Chrysler Center this Saturday. MSU MSU won their home matchup against the Wolverines. It was just like 3 games ago. They I don't know why they scheduled them so close to each other, but they won that game 81 to 62. We have our trivia question for today. A language once widely spoken in Europe with its own alphabet and rich literary tradition is now classified as extinct. Has actually been for some time. What is its name? Gothic, Old Norse, Etruscan or Linear B? Can participate on the trivia poll over on X at Triple Talk WMKT, my personal X account at Nick Rudy. A lot of interviews are coming up. I have two discussions to announce. One is coming up on today's show. We'll be speaking to Nikki Hansen from Pelston. There is an uproar over baseball in the village. The baseball coach was allegedly asked to resign by the athletic director by the behest of the school board, but that may not be true. A coach is now fighting for his job in a chunk of the community. It's behind him. Hanson is one of the people standing behind the coach. We will talk to her coming up in the third segment just after 530. Tomorrow, we have, believe it or not, another baseball-related conversation. Joining us is the great play-by-play announcer for your Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. Dickerson is entering his 25th season behind the microphone to make things even more special. As you tune in, you can catch Dan Dickerson on the call on the Detroit Tigers radio network on our sister station, one Oh four, seven and 1340. The ticket Dan is a wealth of Tigers baseball knowledge, and I'm very pleased to bring you this conversation tomorrow. Tune in to learn about the special promotions. I looked ahead at what they are. They are very, very cool. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. And, uh, You'll also hear what Dan thinks you should keep an eye on this spring training as the team gears up to take on the AL Central Pennant. This man knows baseball and knows Tigers baseball maybe better than anyone, so be sure to tune in. I'm no doubt he has a lot of insight into uh, how this season could play out for your Detroit Tigers. But back to our trivia question. A language once widely spoken in Europe with its own alphabet and rich language Literary tradition is now classified as extinct. What is its name? Gothic, Old Norse, Etruscan, or Linear B? The answer is Etruscan. Influenced uh, Latin, actually. Was eventually completely superseded by it, though. The date of extinction uh, is held by scholarship to have been either in the late 1st century B.C. or early 1st century A.D. Today is the 13th of February it is time for our famous birthday today today we're wishing Neil McDonough a happy 58th birthday he played the role of Lieutenant Lynn Buck Compton in the HBO historical drama band of brothers other notable roles include Officer Gordon in Minority Report and Sean Cahill in Suits he also plays Dave Williams in the season five of Desperate Housewives and is the villain in Paul Blart Mall Cop a very just a true cinematic masterpiece there. I'm sure his favorite movie, no doubt. He's appeared in more than 130 on-screen credits throughout his acting career. Neil's also just an outstanding guy, man of faith. uh, But as you can imagine, that'll cost you in Hollywood. I
0: was blackballed for two years. I couldn't get a job. And because of that, I lost my big, beautiful house in Los Angeles, my shiny Mercedes, all my stuff, my swagger. And as you can imagine at the time, I was really crushed. They thought that I was some religious zealot, but to me, it was just that I didn't think it was the right thing to do. And also, I really love my wife. And as I've said, and I'll say it a million times, these lips are meant for one woman. And I'm not sure if she's here in the room yet with our five kids, but if you see her, you'll understand why. (laughs) But after that, my confidence was gone. I lost it all. And I started wallowing in self-pity. I started drinking my problems away. It hurt. Almost two years went by and it was the lowest point I could get to. And I remembered this day like it was yesterday. I was so angry and and to God, I said, why have you forgotten about me? Why are you doing this to me? But as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I fell to my knees and I cried. I cried and I begged for his forgiveness. Peter said, hope to the end for the divine favor that is coming, and it came. That same day, that very same day, Graham Yost, who was an amazing Hollywood writer, he uh, put me in two of his projects. One of them is called Band of Brothers. And if it weren't for Band of Brothers, I never would have met my wife and I wouldn't be here speaking to you all right now. And another show that I did for him was called Boomtown for Steven Spielberg. And he called and he asked, I want you to be the villain on the show for the year called Justified.
1: Funny how everything ultimately works out. Happy birthday to Neil McDonough and all of our February 13th birthdays. We are going to take a quick break. When we return, we have some local news to catch up on. Not like yesterday's show. We actually have quite a bit to touch base on. We'll get into that coming up after these messages You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT.
2: If you are the main caregiver for an aging family member, sometimes you need a helping hand. Whether it be for a few weeks or longer, we invite them to spend some time with us at Perry Farm Village in Harbor Springs. We provide chef-prepared meals, medical oversight, assist with one or more activities of daily living, all in a comfortable and home-like community. Hear what our current families have to say. I got here and I absolutely love it. The people here are extremely kind. They call everybody by name. If you're looking for a place where you will find friendship, great camaraderie, lots of activities, you got to come to Perry Farms. I'm sure you will absolutely love it. Short-term care availability is limited. For your personal conversation and tour, call Barbara and see what Perry Farm Village in Harbor Springs is all about. Call 231-526-1500. That's 231-526-1500.
3: Hey, listen, are you a 50 year old person looking for term life insurance? Then you need to talk to Bob. Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month. Look, you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business, and you may be paying too much. Call Bob, and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you. Look, this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have. Your rates are guaranteed for the next. 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years. And if you're a smoker or your health is not perfect, Bob has great rates for you too. So for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month, call Bob right now. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. 800-989-1415. That's 800-989-1415. Paid for by Term Direct
0: get back on the trail back on the slopes back on the job mclaren northern michigan orthopedic services can help you relieve pain caused by sports injuries traumas or arthritis the skilled orthopedic team delivers expert care for all muscle joint and bone conditions let mclaren northern michigan orthopedic services get you back to the things you
4: love Learn more at mclaren.org slash northern ortho. McLaren, doing what's best in orthopedics. Tim Bongino. The
0: Colorado lawyers trying to kick him off the ballot look like kids at the front of the Supreme Court. Even the liberal justices humiliated. Trump's message that I'm here to defend you against this metastasizing police state, and I'm going to fix it. An accent was put on it by a report by Robert Hur that shows they will never prosecute their own, but they will come
4: after you.
1: The Dan Bongino Show, weekdays at noon on Triple Talk and WMKT.
4: And now we return to your home for in-depth local news coverage. WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy, exclusively on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT, and streaming across the Wolverine State at WMKTTheTalkStation.com.
1: Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKT, You can reach out to the show via phone, 866-371-1270, 866-371-1270. Find us on social media at Triple Talk, WMKT, Facebook, and X. My personal X account is at Nick Rudy, R-H-U-D-Y is how you spell that last name. You can also reach out to us by writing an email, Business at gmail.com. A, a bunch of laws went into effect today across the state after they were passed by the legislature and signed by Governor Whitmer last year, one of the most notable is the gun storage law. That's kind of the one that has gained a lot of attention. So anyone with children in the home will need to start locking up their firearms or possibly face legal penalties under the law. Gun owners could face a $500 fine and a 93-day prison sentence of a child in a public space. Displays a gun that should have been locked up. Failure to properly store a gun that results in a death. The penalties could ramp up to a $10,000 fine or a 15-year prison sentence. Legal scholars and some sheriffs have weighed in, saying the law would be nearly impossible to proactively enforce. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, knock down your door and look and see if it's locked up? But this would be more of a, a reactive and more of a attack on charge. The denial of a local project may land a local town in court. The Leland Township Zoning Board of Appeals met this week for a hearing to determine if they agree with the Planning Commission's decision to deny a special use permit. The applicant appealed to the board over the Planning Commission's decision to deny the permit for the William & Main project, which is a proposed building with commercial and mixed use. The Zoning Board of Appeals ultimately agreed with the Planning Commission's finding. If the developer behind the application does appeal the board's decision, it's quite likely it will result in a lawsuit in circuit court. The Traverse City Area Public Schools Board moved forward with the $180 million bond proposal. The board approved ballot language to put the millage request on the ballot for the August 6th election. The bond project would focus on infrastructure and safety upgrades throughout the school in the district, all the schools in the district, but a specific priority on central grade school. The discussion has continued about Safe Harbor's hours of operation at this week's Traverse City City Commissioner meeting. Safe Harbor has proposed helping solve the city's homeless issue by operating year-round Instead of seasonally during the winter, doing so would require an updated special land use permit from the city. No decision was made, but city leaders said if safe harbor ends up opening year round, it opens the opportunity to lower the number of people staying in the pines, a homeless encampment off of 11th Street. This will be a topic of discussion at future meetings. So if you want to uh, chime in, feel free to do so at future meetings. The annual Frostbite Food Drive for the Father Fred Foundation will kick off this weekend. They will be accepting donations at multiple locations across Traverse City from the 17th to the 24th, including Tom's and Olson's Grocery Stores, William Chevrolet, William Chevrolet, and Bob's, Team Bob's Heating and Plumbing. A house fire in the Leelanau County Monday night. Fire crews were called to a residence on North Lake Leelanau Drive for a report of smoke coming from an unoccupied home. The blaze was put out in under an hour, most of the house was saved. This week, Grand Traverse County commissioners received a final report on a new facilities master plan, which recommends between 172 million and $214 million of improvements after the next decade. The recommended improvements include a new jail, a new public service building, and renovations to the governmental center and Hall of Justice. The plan is not yet adopted, County commissioners voted to schedule their first study session on the 28th to discuss further. According to records obtained by Bridge Michigan, 44 Michigan lawmakers have signed five-year confidentiality agreements with the Michigan Economic Development Corporation since 2021, including the governor and 31 other current lawmakers. Now, now members on both sides of the aisle, including some who signed an agreement, are clamoring Reforms. While some argue the confidentiality deals are necessary to lure job job creators intent on keeping plans under wraps, critics contend they're inappropriate for government officials asked to fund and approve lucrative tax incentives. Critics say it keeps taxpayers in the dark on a project they may not like until it's too late. Some local lawmakers were among those who signed an agreement that includes State Senator John DeMoose, State Senator Michelle Hoitenga, and State Senator John Bumstead. The former DeMoose and Hoytinga, they signed theirs in 2022, so that'll carry till 2027. Bumstead signed one in 2023, so obviously that'll carry to 2028. Uh, but yeah, again, this is kind of to reiterate. So this is this happens from time to time. I think the one that I can think of that happened recently that kind of had a very similar. Uh, it has, it's very recognizable that something like this happened. Was all of the sudden in Gaylord. There's going to be an uh, an Amazon warehouse like a, a distribution center built there and maybe a couple of people heard some rumblings about it but for the most part the public was completely you know taken off guard and you know if this is going to be taxpayer funded they don't really have as much time to say hey we really like this project let's quicken this up or we really don't want this project in our city so no um, so that's kind of the concern and then you have state lawmakers that are keeping this hush hush but they're kind of negotiating this deal that involves taxpayer money. So people are a bit concerned about that. And it is it is strange that some folks, uh, I think it's Winnie Brinks, was one of the individuals that, if I'm not mistaken, who signed one of the confidentiality agreements uh, with the uh, Michigan Public Service Commission that was also now clamoring for the uh, the reforms. So we will see if that actually ends up happening, but that's kind of why people are concerned about those things. Former President Donald Trump will be making his return to Michigan ahead of the state's primary election on Tuesday. He'll be speaking at the Get Out The Vote rally at the Elite Jet Center in Waterford Township at 7. Trump's only GOP opponent remaining in the race is former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley. A little bit of a, you know, more deep dive in that story. So technically in-person early voting at precincts across the state of Michigan actually begin this Saturday. So technically, when he's speaking, people will actually have been voting that entire day. And then you'll be able to vote on Sunday, be able to vote on Monday in the lead up to actual election day on Tuesday. And then the way that the Republican Party, uh, before the seeming removal of the state GOP chair, chairwoman, uh, Christina Caramo, they are going to give a certain portion of votes and actually minority of, of the votes um, delegates is how they are picked to Trump from people actually voting for him on election day. And then there's actually going to be a caucus where a majority of the delegates are going to uh, be given to the presumed winner, which in this case either, I mean, it would likely be Donald Trump anyway, but even if it wasn't, there is a a lot of the delegates are Trump fans. So uh, Trump has pretty much already won the primary election in Michigan. During the election, though, later this month, voters in parts of Charlevoix and Antrim counties will be voting voting on a Boyne Falls public schools bond proposal. The proposal is for 2.7 mils, which would bring in just under $12 million. The money would be used for upgrades around the school, including updated carpeting, a secure entrance, upgraded heating equipment, a generator, a new community center with a gym, bathrooms, and more. The health department of Northwest Michigan is researching a possibility of rotating meeting locations. Some citizens have spoken up saying the trip to the meeting place is too difficult for those who do not have the time or gas money to make the trip. to The meeting that where the meeting place is right now, pushback from others was that moving meetings would cause the board to spend more money due to staffing and it needs. Critics of the idea also said the current meetings are streamed online for easy access The discussion ultimately led to Health officer Dan Thorrell being tasked with reaching out to each of the counties to see if there even was space for a potential meeting available in their administrative buildings. The topic will be on the agenda on next month's board meeting on March 5th for further discussion, if you can make it. So there's a lot of like back and forth and, you know, is this, is this too much? Is this not enough? So I I've had this uh, same partial concern. I've I've had this explained as well by people who are in a, elected office that so one of the reasons also that they want these meetings and locations that rotate is because these 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 meetings and it's not just the health department of northwest michigan board meetings it's it's many many meetings a lot of them meet during the day during the work day and it's really hard for the average person what are you gonna do take time off to go to a health department of northwest michigan board meeting for an hour and a half I, most people can't do that so it's usually a lot of retirees who end up going to these things. Um, and there are some meetings that are after work. So a lot of people are like, hey, why can't we have this after work? Well, then you'd have to pay the staff overtime or whatnot. Now, that could be solved by restructuring people's contracts and have them working later in the day. So when they attend these meetings, so that's a whole, whole other story for another day. But definitely understandable why people want these meetings moved. And speaking of the people who are usually interested and able to participate in these meetings, because even if they are live streamed during the day, I mean, again, are you going to be at the office and, you know, and filling out your spreadsheets, and you're just gonna pull up the health department meeting and start typing in the chat what you wanna wanna talk about. I'm not exactly sure, because people don't necessarily want to go to these meetings just to view them. Usually, they have something on their mind that they want to share. So the live stream may not completely solve that issue. So there's they're gonna talk about it. They're gonna see if they can rotate these meetings. Again, it does make sense that you know some of the IT stuff is, and it would cost the the board more money to to perform this. Uh, but then also on top of that, so again, the people who are interested in these meetings sometimes tend to be retirees. And let's face it, not every single retiree is as tech savvy as necessary to watch the live stream. A lot of them are, but some of them we have to realize aren't. And so the live stream is not necessarily a solution for everyone. So we'll keep you posted on if they decide to do rotating meetings, I have a feeling this is going to be a long drawn out discussion. If it is, these things seem to uh, to take forever, but again, March fifth will be their next meeting. You can you can go to speak up in favor of rotating meetings, or if you think you don't want them to spend any more money on doing the rotating meetings, or maybe you have a better solution for uh, for the live streams. But we are going to take a quick break. When we return, there is uh, some big news that is coming out of the village of Pelston. A stir for baseball. Uh, the coach is, uh, according to many people in the village, is being pushed out by the administration. Uh, we reached out to the administration for comment for their side of the story, and we have yet to hear back. If we, uh, if we hear from them, we certainly will let you know. Um, but right now, the discussion that we will be having is with Nikki Hansen. Uh, she is very involved in, in baseball, very involved in the community, the village of Pelston. So we'll be talking about her, with her about this whole scenario start to finish Uh, There is a lot of information to go over, so we will get to that coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT.
0: I'm Tom Rigotti. The Senate has approved a $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific by a 70-29 vote. President Biden is appealing to House Republicans to back the bill. You're going to stand with Ukraine. You're going to stand with Putin. We stand with America. Trump. House Speaker Mike Johnson has criticized the bill over its lack of border security provisions. He says it may not even come up for a vote. Inflation ticked back up last month more than analysts predicted. Fox's Jared Halpern reports from the White House. The consumer price index was up three-tenths of a point last month. Year over year, prices have increased about 3.1%. President Biden says there is strong wage growth and the best economic recovery in 50 years. The news sent stocks plunging with the Dow losing 524 points, the biggest one-day loss of the year. America is listening to Fox News. I don't even recognize myself anymore.
5: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this
2: The world needs more heroes, more action-oriented do-gooders, more. Here's how I can help right-hand sidekicks. The world of sarcoma is no different. And if you're thinking, what is sarcoma? We're glad you're listening. Sarcoma is a rare cancer of the body's soft tissue and bone. And this cancer affects tens of thousands of Americans yearly. The Sarcoma Foundation of America partners with like-minded heroes to advocate for sarcoma patients through funded research and widespread awareness efforts. Learn how you can join forces at CureSarcoma.org. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the MHSAA, are the 292,000 high school sports students in Michigan. And so, we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials.
4: Triple talk W. M. K. T. Weather forecast
0: forecast for the rest of today. Mostly cloudy skies expect a high right around 30 chance of snow overnight tonight lows near 17 snow showers again for Wednesday ice tomorrow 34 Thursday snow likely expect temps right around 32 and Friday chance of snow at a high of 25. That's your forecast on triple talk W. M. K.
4: T. Now, back to WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM WMKT, and streaming statewide at WMKTTheTalkStation.com.
1: Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk. WMKT streaming online at WMKT, Miss any of today's show? You can catch up at that same website, WMKT, Except for hitting the Listen Live tab, you click the On Demand tab. And then click Talk the North, and you can listen to all of our past archived episodes right there on the website desktop where you can click one of the little handy buttons that'll take you on your smartphone to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, actually, which is now YouTube Music because they just switched over. So Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, and of course, Spotify. Well, there is, as I mentioned, last segment at the end there, there is quite a stir in the village of Helston particularly at the schools regarding their head baseball coach. There is a quite the situation going on over there and joining us is Nikki Hanson. Uh, one of uh, one of the kind of community organizers to uh, stand behind the coach joining us to discuss. All right, Nikki, thank you for joining the show today. There's quite a stir around the, the game of baseball in Pelston. A lot of moving pieces in this story that we're trying to get a handle on. So thanks for joining the show today to kind of get us in the right direction here, get us on track. So really simply put, can you just start at the beginning of the story and tell us what's been going on?
5: Well, Friday morning, I received a call from my son's coach, who he's also president of our Little League, and I serve as the vice president. Um, I mean, he's been asked to resign as head coach. Um, and just feeling really defeated, he goes, I'll probably step away from the league know what I need to do right now and he goes I really encourage you to step up and do it and I had this conversation with him and a couple hours went by I just I kept getting more and more angry and I'm like this this isn't okay this is one of the first coaches our districts had in a long time to truly invest in these kids and from the ground up and that's who's why the coach? he's involved with those programs Matt Zalski okay um he's a Pelican graduate I mean his dad coached in the program um I mean, it's a, it's a person that has a vision to take it. I mean, it's about tomorrow, not just today with him. And so getting more and more angry, I, I, you know, I kept reaching out to him like, Matt, don't do like, don't put this in, like, don't do it. And he's like, well, what's, you know, why there's, what's like, he's just ready. And and into my son's basketball game that night. And there was another parent who was equally as upset to where she um, got teary eyed. And so I sent Matt one more message and I said, let us try your parents and your athletes are very upset about this and wrong and um just let us try and he said i'll do it for the kids if it can change the course and that was it yeah i publicly made a facebook post and the response over the last few days um overwhelming and it actually makes it easier you know taking on an administration for a school district um just so much support you know staff staff members uh, people that have graduated, retired, parents just whole stories about, you know, feeling disregarded or, you know, told not to talk. You know, a staff member told me that they were told not to speak administration on certain things and just like, you know, this isn't okay and it's time to, kids' voices need to be heard and I don't want to set the example for these young guys that, you know, do you, your opinion, your feelings, none of it matters and when you have a voice, don't use it Um So community support from this has been amazing and it has made this so much easier. And you know, the fact that these young men got on a news camera and they stood there last night for their coach and stood up to the school board and the administration and, um, questions and pushing it, like, why is this an issue? What's happening here? Um, and they listened to us and. So they heard us or not. We don't know. They couldn't give us an answer. Um, but that was kind of how this all started.
1: Okay, so what was the uh, what was the why was he resigning? What was the reasoning behind it? Maybe he gave it in his resignation letter. Was was this a forced resignation? Was this willing? Uh, what was what led up um, to his, it was, his resignation?
5: Uh, he was also under the impression from our AD that the Board of Education had requested his resignation twice now, and so with that is why he felt like you know if i'm not wanted here i'm going to just tender this and um but the here's the points in his thing but then reaching out to the president of the board of education he had no idea that he was even asked to resign so under false pretenses here you know he's already ready to resign because one person asked him to and um in his points he states in his resignation for transparent for transparency i'd like to formally recap the top issues which have been contributed to the request of my resignation from our athletic director this morning last year i sent an email expressing my dismay at an athlete stating that their favorite moment in basketball was kicking the glasses off of another player's face and not getting a technical foul for it it was read aloud during senior night in front of about 200 people and it's not a laughing matter to find amusement in the deliberate harm of another human and I don't even fault the student. I fault the adults who proceeded to read this commentary aloud and laugh about it. Two, there was an incident with a dual sport athlete when he was allowed to attend his number two sport over his number one. He signed the contract, which is it's an MHSAA contract, um, when we were playing the number one ranked team in the state. And he chose the number one too, um, into golf instead of the baseball game. I abruptly admit the athlete and again later pointed out my opinion of how his thinking was affecting his team, but the bigger point being this should have never been a situation if the athletic director would have stuck to the contract and told the athlete he couldn't attend because of his contractual duties that he signed weeks earlier, and what does that teach our kids about commitment? The next point. I've continually requested communication from our athletic director regarding multiple Uh, topics for keeping our volunteer staff weight room open to fundraising getting keys for verified volunteers placing orders and training equipment with minimal responses the best being that he shipped a batting cage that i wrote a grant for and didn't tell anybody about it got the call from a carrier looking to offload the product i called the ad to which his response was we'll let maintenance take care of it this is christmas break and i had arranged to ship in april so nobody had to worry about it meaning that he went out of his way to change the ship date, but still did not tell anybody. Last week, I texted him to follow up on my request about getting the baseball schedule for 2024. He texted me back to let me know that his student assistant wasn't in that day and he'd have her type it up when he could for him. I immediately called the superintendent to voice my frustrations. It should be noted that our competitors are all aware of their calendars and they're published. How can our athletic director not have the capacity to pass along even the minimal information to a coach? What's it, what exactly is he doing? Um, Those are the instances that happened, and then he was asked to resign Friday.
1: If I can interject here real quick, is maybe for a little context, if you have some. So it, obviously the the AD told him that the board wanted him to resign, asked for his resignation. This even, you know, even if that true was true or, true or not, what was the what was the AD? Did he ever give reasons for why they would want or why he wanted uh, the resignation? Was that ever
5: stated those were the those were the that i just read off in his res, in his letter those were the three things stated by our ad as far as um you know w- between the him talking to administration about the basketball game incident and then the player incident the superintendent at that point had said you know that's two strikes for you you got one more so up to that the third strike at that point must have been Oh, addressing the fact that we have some people in our administration that aren't paying their do- job duties.
1: Okay. Um, so that makes nothing sense.
5: had happened. But...
1: What was, what was became the, uh, the board meeting last night?
5: We don't have an answer, but, um, I I walked into that board meeting and the boardroom was packed down the hall, around the corner, down another hall, um, to the point where we had to move it from the board meeting to the cafeteria. Um, Many people showed up, um, which helps. It helps. The stuff right. like this isn't easy, you know. I, my grandparents, my parents, myself, my kids—we've all, we're all in Pelston. You know, my kids are fifth generation Pelston students. And you know, when I addressed the board last night, oh, this isn't fun. Like, there's nobody wants to sit there and talk poorly about their school district. You know that their children are going through, but that if you know, at the end of the day how can i not um opening this can of worms this is the first topic that we're going to deal with and hopefully it's resolved properly by the board um but but the systematic issues the i mean we've lost two employees this year um there's a very big problem systematically that needs to be addressed um like i said to the board this isn't just about baseball anymore it's it's the future of this district and the kids in it um just the outpour from faculty and i just i i honestly as a parent i mean i knew it was a little chaotic i didn't know that this is where we were at mm. oh and losing faculty having kids pulled from the district um just it's hard to watch oh
1: a couple more mm. questions if, if you would um so you mentioned so that he's the, he's the high school baseball coach and also president of Le- little league and you you mentioned earlier that he was looking to leave the post at, at little league as well was that true and how does the Little League operate? Would the school district somehow have, have a tie to no, Little League? The,
5: the school district and the Little League are not affiliated at all. Okay. Um, and I, I should specify, he wasn't sure. I mean, he he's calling me right after this. You know, he is <laughs> baseball. Right. Who he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, like somebody spoke up yesterday and said, you know, 6, 6 a.m. in the morning, he looks out his window and there's Matt Zalski working on these baseball fields. Um, he's a person who understands that in order to build a varsity program, it starts uh, with It starts in you know, from the top up and right down to like wanting to educate little league coaches, you know, it's all volunteer for little league. And he's like, you know, we need to do this right. We need to teach these kids right, we need to conduct ourselves right. Um we're gonna we want this to be an opt like a fun atmosphere, an optimistic one. Um, and we he wants these kids to love baseball like he does. And um he, they're not affiliated, but I see he was just so I think defeated at that point. It's like yeah. hard when you love the game so much and you have one program being ripped from you. Jane is just probably almost even harder. Need. needs but I'm hoping that's not the case because I'm not not sure I would do this without someone like Matt, because I know that he puts the work in and truly cares about these kids. And um, I don't think I'd want to lead a board like this without him. So hopefully this is fixed or the programs are gonna be dramatically affected by both programs. And I should state that our little league program is not just Pelson schools. It, It spreads over three school districts. Um, Alanson, Mackinac and Pelston. Um, so the big picture here, you know we're not just affecting a varsity program. we're affecting the region of baseball players and um someone that's going to make a huge impact on this program that could possibly be pushed out of it right now.
1: Uh, a couple more questions as well and and so what is the the hopeful outcome of of this um this push for for Matt? what reinstatement or determining if he's resigned or not or if he actually, if the letter of resignation was accepted or not, what's the hopeful outcome in this situation?
5: Uh, The outcome would be that he's coaching my son and the rest of these athletes. I have a son on the varsity. I didn't mention that either. Um, You know, he's somebody that our program needs. And um, the outcome is that he's out on the ball field with these kids here in a few weeks.
1: Okay, I just wanted to clarify. I wasn't sure if, you know, there was there was calls for other individuals' resignations. You're just looking to get Matt back on the ball field and look to kind of make sure everyone's on the same page. Okay, great. Is there another meeting coming up that this is going to be on the agenda for the school board, or is that remaining to be seen?
5: I'm not sure. Um, administration is... Uh not speaking very much on this. Um, we reached out uh, to a few different members, and I did personally, like, what do I need to do to get on this agenda with kind of the runaround on it? Um, hopefully the decision's made soon because there's some very stressed out athletes, three seniors in particular that should not, um, that is removed from his position, there will not be a baseball program for Pelston. Um, because the athletes have vo- voiced their opinion. And, you know, I'm running track if Coach Belsky ain't there. I'm not going out if Coach Belsky So the, the whole program's at risk of even having a program this year.
1: Okay, yeah. The, um, what can people do that are listening? Are, are we looking to write letters? Are we looking to make phone calls? Are we looking to show up at board meetings? What can the citizens of Pelston do to kind of help figure this this out?
5: All of the above, and the biggest thing I can hope that our kids take from this is we have voices, and they're okay to use, and you shouldn't be reprimanded for using those voices, and um, like I said, the outpour of support, I have not had one person message or reach out to me, and like, you know, why would you speak illy, was, you know, it has been so supportive, and like, I got a message that said, you know, thank you to you and these kids for carrying the torch, more people need to stand up and that's the biggest thing I can express is if it's not right to say something.
1: Is there any other information you'd like to share about this story to the listeners, especially those in Pelston? Now, obviously now you, you mentioned the, uh, the two other locations that also could be impacted, um, as he's uh, the president of little league in that, in that entire region. Um, yeah,
5: I mean, it's, we as little league last year we hosted sectionals um for the all-star tournament and nagani and Potaski played and um the the guy from Nagani, you know they ended up i don't know if you follow they won the into the world series this year at nagani big team did they won states um oh but we and I talked when they were raising money to get themselves down to States and stuff. And I said, you know, they were great sports. They were awesome to have um, like our little league. We should, so, you know, we helped, we sent them a donation and that the coach then had just met our friends. Now Matt went down to support their team when they were down playing in this, in the world, or I think it was the States. Um, and that which from that up in Nagani, which is a, ways away from us across the bridge, um, wrote a letter on Matt's behalf that was read last night, and he even stated that Little Town of Pelson will forever have an impact on them because of how they were treated, the way Matt is, you know, he's just truly involved with these kids and loves the game, you know, that he made it a point to stop and support local businesses on his way through town, and that's a direct reflection of the relationship he's built with Matt and the impact and impression Matt's left on them. And to me, that says a lot, you know, and just, uh, you know, like I said earlier, you know, Matt has brought so much between these two programs. And I misstated on the clip that was on the news, um, he had raised over $35,000. Well, that was just the varsity program alone. And talking to our treasurer this morning for Little League, we broke everything down. um, And we were at like 43,000. So I mean, that's almost eighty thousand dollars that he's overseeing these two programs with um, the time in to make things happen. And so we our athletes have things available to them that they wouldn't had he not. Um, we have brand new batting cages um, that got put in and the kids had new uniforms, new equipment. Um, just it's about the kids. and I feel like people have forgotten that.
1: Absolutely. Baseball is a staple in Pelston, but baseball is potentially in peril in Pelston. And you can help be part of the solution by taking some of the steps to get this issue resolved that Nikki Hansen gave in our discussion today. Nikki, thank you for joining the show to highlight this issue that is uh, really impacting everyone in in the village.
5: And Thank you. Thank you for standing behind it with us. So it helps these kids know that they do have a voice and it matters.
1: Hello
4: Americans, it's Uncle Sam here. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes to the IRS or state, don't worry. I've got important news that may help you negotiate a lower tax bill. In today's economy, the IRS has released a variety of new rules and is offering more flexible terms to help Americans looking to settle their IRS debt. If you apply today, we may be able to lift your wage garnishments and release a freeze on your bank assets or business. Our team of tax professionals can resolve your case and stop collection actions against you. Even if you've been audited or haven't filed a return in years, they can help. Call right now and find out if you qualify to settle your IRS debt for far less than what you owe. Pick up your phone right now and call. Call us for a free $500 IRS tax review. Don't wait. Here's the number. Call right now. 800-294-7179. 800-294-7179.
3: 294 7179 For the last time, 800-294-7179.
2: Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens.
5: don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration.
2: You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life.
4: So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes and I don't want to lose that.
3: Make a plan today to get your eyes checked.
2: Visit brightfocus.org to learn more.
4: And now, more of WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy right now on Northern Michigan's home for news and opinion, Triple Talk, WMKT.
1: Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT streaming online at WMKT thetalkstation.com. Thanks for tuning in. It is now time to wrap up the show with WMKT's Market Watch. Buckle in, though, because it is uh, not great news as the Dow Jones fell 524 points, ending at 38,272. The NASDAQ fell 289 points, ending at 15,655 and the S&P 500 fell 68 points. They're now back under the 5,000 mark. They're at 4,953. All red and individual stocks, Ally Financial fell $1.68, ending at $35.34. Dow Inc. fell $1.61, ending at $53.18. Domino's Pizza fell $5.79. They're at 421.50. DTE Energy fell $2 even. They remain at $104.38, above $100 still for them. Lear Corp fell $4.48. They're at $132.98 per share at the closing bell. Stryker Corporation fell $1.29 a share. They end at $339.80. And rounding us out, Whirlpool Corporation fell $5.18. They have been on a downward spiral for the past week. They close at $106.94. That has been WMKT's Market Watch, and that is all the time that we have for today's show. Do not forget to tune in tomorrow. Detroit Tigers, play-by-play. King Dan Dickerson joins us to discuss the season, and tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10. You're not going to want to miss that interview. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT.